Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective, but without all the anger. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Which is funny because uh, I'm an angry dude naturally. Like, I'm just kind of a naturally angry dude. Like, you know, it's a... That's I, don't, I don't know if our listeners know about all they that. Might not, they know, might not. They might not realize how angry you, know, you can be at times from, from time know. to time. And it's not that I'm like, I don't take it out on people, but I like to share it. With my friends, like to share my, yeah. so like I'm not yelling at people. I just, just I, I talked with all of all your friends. Yeah, yeah. We'd rather yeah. you not share it with us. But sharing Keep is caring. You always say sharing yeah, yeah, is yeah, caring. You're not caring I with like, that sharing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If I didn't share it, I would. I probably would direct it at other. I would like let people have it, but I don't. So you just like, like you just okay. let us have it. The worst that it gets right now. The mm-hmm. worst that it gets mm-hmm. with my anger, with my frustration, with my irritability. Okay. Is it Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, you're going to go on this again? Because I go to Dunkin' Donuts and I say, I want, if if I'm going to get the treat, right? So like, you know, I can just get a coffee. Sometimes I get the treat, iced coffee, cream and sugar, cream and sugar. You're going to continue now, the conversation now, from this morning? And now, I, you know, I've been doing that for what, 25 years? So all of a sudden, uh, they be, they're putting liquid sugar in there instead of granulated sugar. Which is not as good. Which is not as good and it's not how they're supposed to make it. So I'll drink it and I'll be like, whoa. Uh, and I can actually see it if I look at the bottom of the cup because the granulated sugar falls to the bottom mm-hmm. and you can see it. Anyway, I take a drink I'm like, whoa, no thanks. This is, uh, this is liquid sugar. And they're like, yeah, bro, that's how we make it. And I'm like, no, actually it's not. Um, you use granulated sugar typically. Um, so this is a different thing. I just want it with the regular. And they're like, yeah. That's how we're doing it now. And I'm like, really? Because you're the only one. Like, I go to all these other ones, and I literally go all over the country. Like, no. Hmm. They use granulated sugar. Unless that's a new corporate thing. Yeah, dude. Totally, it's a corporate thing. And uh, and so, like, so I've had this back and forth uh, a number of times at a couple of these places. And today, this morning, when I was getting you your Mm -hmm. iced coffee with cream and sugar, I specified granulated sugar. And she's like, of course it's granulated sugar. We don't use liquid sugar in iced coffee. And I said, wait a minute. I got some people giving me a static about it, and I get into arguments with them. They're polite arguments. arguments I doubt they're polite. They're polite. They're polite. <laughs> no, there's no yelling. I'm just telling them that they're wrong, and that's not, <laughs> that's not impolite. And uh, she goes, I train all the managers for all the Dunkin' Donuts in the region, and they're supposed to use granulated sugar. Vindication. Oh, maybe. Vindication. Unless she lied to you. No, she wasn't lying. I can mm. tell. You could tell? You mm-hmm. could tell she wasn't lying? She ain't lying to me. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you feeling all right? See, I got it off my chest. Yeah, yeah. Now you feel good. I feel right, better. Good, better. All right. So everybody's been talking about the the Josh Harris thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been there's been a couple of discouraging things uh, this week. And, yes. And uh, you know, we'll we're gonna try and drop a bonus episode if we have time. Uh, so that'll come up before this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we do have time, we'll do that. But this is another one, and it's it's Josh Harris uh, essentially now saying that uh, he doesn't consider himself to be a Christian yeah. anymore. Um, and so you know whether you call that an apostasy or uh, falling away or, yeah. or whatever. Now, Joe, I know you've been a part of the Christian faith since 1776. No, that's when I joined the military. That's when you joined yes, the military. That's right gotcha. to fight against gotcha. uh, the Brits. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, so you know everything. But for those of us that like Steve McCoy, that's listening, uh, who is Joshua Harris? Yeah, Steve McCoy probably doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, Josh Harris, real well known, likable dude. Um, he had a lot of influence among evangelicals, and um, you know he. Well, he was an author. He's probably most pop known. He's probably most well known as the author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And uh, 
he wrote Boy Meets World, uh, Not Even a Hint. Now, now, but did he, uh, did he also do the television series Boy Meets World? Uh, that's Boy Meets World. This is Boy Meets Girl. You said world. Did I really? Yes, you did. That's why the joke, oh. I had to go with it. Okay, so Boy Meets Girl in yeah. 2000. And then uh, Not Even a Hint, and then Stop Dating the Church, Fall in Love with the Family of God. Uh, he, he started writing young. I mean, that first book, how old was he, Jimmy? That, uh, when 21. I kid, he was 21 years old when yep. that book. And it Had was his a, first drink and then wrote it. it I, don't, I don't know about the drink. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, really started to, you know, he's, he's a creative guy. He seems yeah. to be entrepreneurial, smart dude. And uh, starts writing, and uh, but at 23, he was hired as a pastor at Covenant Life Church, which is this big mega church. Yeah. Where C. Sovereign May- Grace, yeah. Sovereign Grace, right? So C.J. Mahaney was the lead guy there, uh, close friends. C.J. mentored uh, uh, Josh, uh, and at 30 years old, Josh replaced C.J. and became the senior pastor there. Ooh-wee. 30 years old, super young. And so he... Uh, no former training, just... Nope. Okay. Nope. Not saying the mentorship's bad, I'm just, you know... But no formal training. Yeah, no, he didn't go to seminary uh, okay. or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, a lot of things have happened uh, since all of this. He's, he hasn't been a pastor in a little while, was going to go to seminary. He did that for a while. Um, let me just say, like, when we're, when we're talking about, about Josh here, we're, we're just trying to talk about a guy who has a, a public life yep. and has, sh- has chosen to share his public life. Yep. And everybody's talking about it. And so we wanted to talk about it to encourage people uh, in thinking through it and in responding to it in a specific way. We don't have a beef with Josh Harris, uh, Josh no, Harris as a man. Uh, I've, I, I met him twice briefly, once in an elevator and once in the lobby of a conference. And uh, I was standing next to him, which is kind of cool because he's as short as me or shorter. But he weighs like 75 pounds. He's mm-hmm. a real little guy. And uh, I said, hey, Josh Harris. And he goes, hey, Joe Thorne. And, no, uh, no, no. He said, I could sign that for you. No, he said, here's what he said. <laughs> he doesn't know who you are. He did because he said that very first time he said, uh, hey, man, I've been listening to your sermon series through Nehemiah. And I said, no, you haven't. I said the same thing you would have said. Like, no, you haven't. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I have because I'm getting ready to do the same thing. And I wanted to check out some other guys' stuff and see what they're doing. And I really liked it. And he started talking about it. And I was like, get out of here. That's crazy. And he was really nice. He was really cool. And so the few interactions that I've had with him in person and then online, he's always been kind. And everybody that that I know that has met him and known him says he's kind and Mm -hmm. generous and good and all that stuff. So no beef there. Good-natured person. So this whole falling away thing, Jimmy, this went out on social media, right? Yeah. What did it start with? So he, he shared that him and his wife were going to be separating. Yeah. Uh, but then later that he was no longer considering himself a Christian. Yeah, that's right. So here's here's what he wrote. Uh, I've undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. Ooh, super, like, discouraging dark words really for, heavy, for believers yeah. to hear about somebody that they you know have long considered to be a brother in Christ. Yep, and someone that, that they've respected, that they've yeah. looked up to. Just imagine the whole, you know, homeschool courtship. Uh, movement, right? Yeah. Uh, all looking up the to Josh, and now that that hits him. You know, and it, he knows that when he's putting that out there, he knew that people would 
uh, would be reacting. And, and they, people have been reacting. Oh, yeah. You know, like Christians do. And some have reacted well, some have not. But he goes on to say, knowing that people were going to react in different ways, he said, to my many, to my Christian friends, I am grateful for your prayers. Don't take it personally if I don't immediately return calls. I can't join you in mourning. I don't view this moment negatively. I feel very much alive and awake and surprisingly hopeful. I believe with my sister Julian that all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. So, you know, he's really honest about this. He's like, I'm not depressed. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling good right now walking away from the faith that I used to confess. Yeah. Um, but he he goes on to talk about repentance and he does yeah. repent of something. Yeah. Just not what yeah. some good things are and some bad things, but I don't think. Yeah, so a, here's what he says. Martin Luther said that the entire life of believers should be repentance. There's beauty in that sentiment, regardless of your view of God. I have lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting of my self-righteousness. That's good. My fear-based approach to life. That's good. Uh, the teaching of my books. Some of my, this probably needed to be repented of. Yeah. Uh, uh, A little uh, bit. Uh, my views of women in the church mm -hmm. and my approach to parenting, to name a few. But I specifically want to add to this list now to the LGBTQ plus community. I want to say that I am sorry for the views that I taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret, I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope you could forgive me. And whoa, yeah. So this is where, like, you know, this was fuel on the fire for a lot of people who were going to respond to um, Josh's departure yeah. from the faith. Um, and and let, let, let's let's dip, let's nuance this a little bit. You can repent of how you interact with gay people as an Orthodox Christian. Yes, because you, if you have been a hateful, spiteful person towards uh, our gay and, and lesbian neighbors, then you need to repent, right? Because they're your neighbor. You're supposed to love them, mm -hmm. right? And so, yes, loving them means telling them about Jesus, but loving them also means like waving hello, inviting them over for dinner, you know, be, being yeah. a good person, helping them out. And so, but but clearly, that's not what he's talking about here. Uh, he, he's really talking about a, a theological, biblical perspective on people. Yeah, he's, he's he it sounds like, I mean, he's repenting uh, of believing and and teaching that homosexuality is a sin right so he is he's going against scripture yes i mean that's that's how we would against say the it. word of god yeah that's it is a a biblical ethic is, yeah. is what he's going against um now the response to this has been all over the place and you know you and i jimmy we we're we've we've learned to be patient with with christians right over time mm -hmm. because you know people need to be patient with us yeah because um, we say a lot of dumb things we do you say a lot mainly, of dumb things. Yes. No, who has to apologize all the time no no i uh, no no i'm only all apologizing the all the time i'm only apologizing yeah. because um yeah figure that work this one out in your in because your brain you mm -hmm. don't apologize for your stuff so i have to apologize you have to for make us to make it up. Okay. To make us right, look fine, humble. Fine, there you go. Fine. I'll let, I'll let you say that. You can apologize for it later. Um, <laughs> so the responses have been all over the I place. I want to take this time to say I'm sorry, Joe, for that. I appreciate you, bro. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, but I, I, I say that because I expect some Christians to re respond to this in a less than sensitive or careful way. I'm expecting it's going to happen because we're all at different levels of maturity. We have different kinds of experiences. I know that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But when pastors 
respond to this sort of a thing in a less than careful way. If they forget, hey, my job is actually to shepherd people who are in various places through this news, yeah. uh, I tend to get a little punchy because I expect more of leaders. I expect more of pastors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there have been people that, you know, well-known people on social media, pastors who get onto this sort of a thing, and they may be accurate in some of what they're saying. We see this a lot, right? Okay, so, okay, so is this an apostasy? Well, time will tell, right? Sometimes people say stupid things and then they repent and they didn't apostatize. Yeah. But let's just say that this is you know, the end of, of whatever his faith journey was with biblical Christianity. So perhaps it's an apostasy. Okay, so it, let's just say it's an apostasy. But how you talk about him and how you counsel other people uh, should be more than don't be like that yeah. guy and, you know, that guy was never one of us anyways, in which, of course, if someone apostatizes, they were never truly born again. Yep, yep. But this kind of exclusive, that's all that you're saying as a pastor, um, you're not doing a good job walking people through the various emotions um, and concerns that they're going to have about not just Josh, but about themselves and about other people that they and know. And I think, I think off, at least the way I, I, I view it is I see from some of the, the responses, the, especially the the – the ones I would tend to look at negatively yeah. is almost in the sense of like using Josh mm -hmm. to promote what they've already been trying to say, yeah. right? Like in the sense, like they're they're oh, they're see? using see, exact. Oh, I told you! If only yeah. you listened to me, and you know, this just proves what I did in the trailer is right. Yeah. Kind like of a nobody thing. in my tribe ever does anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Like nobody in my tribe has to go to jail for abusing kids, no, or, or whatever. Yeah, right? whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. So like, mm -hmm. they, it's it's almost like this whipping boy, yeah. right? To just go ahead and just you know stick stick the stick the knife in, go ahead and twist it, add salt to the wound, yeah. and just take them out. So, you know, you, you do have to say some things about this, right? So there have been a lot of good responses. You know, some of the bad responses are just you know, an equally bad response is, hey, man, I just want to affirm you in this new direction. Yes. That's a bad response. That's too. a bad response. So uh, and maybe even worse, right? Because, uh, you know, you're just encouraging people to go in, you know, with with Josh down this particular path. Now, there are there are some some good responses that we've seen, um, you know, people are, are explaining very well. That, you know, Josh, if we take Josh at his word, then he is apostatizing. He's leaving the faith. Yeah. Um, and this is something that so we should pray for him. Yeah. Uh, we should pray for the people that have been influenced by him. Yep. Uh, should, and should be praying for his soon to be ex-wife, his children, and the kids. And, what you know, the, the, the good responses are the people that aren't speculating. Right. Like I've seen people out there saying like, well, pfft. You know, Josh is going to come out as gay now. Like, I'm sure that's I the next step. I couldn't believe that. I and just said, like, and, and, really, yeah. bro? I mean, yeah. okay, that's, we have no idea what's going on. Like, what is, how is that helpful? How is yeah. that, how is that constructive? You're not. How is I, that not just gossiping and slander? Yeah, it, well, it is. I mean, it is gossip. So all that to say, there have been some, some bad responses and some good responses. And um, when, when we think about this, mm -hmm. uh, and as we're talking to people, um, we want people to keep a couple of things in mind, right? So, we, you know, we would give you – there are a lot of takeaways here. In fact, I, I, I probably have 10 things that I, I would like to say about this. But we're just going to share two. Uh, two things for, for you to, um, to be considering, particularly as it relates to you and your people, yeah. right? You and your church. Now, one of them is we need to be very careful about putting people in leadership too early. Yes. Now, we're, we've we're seen, pretty quick at that. 
as Christians, we just love, you find somebody who's gifted, somebody who's talented, somebody who's, who's empowered by God, somebody who is fruitful, and we throw them in. And uh, I cannot think of very many exceptions where people are thrown into leadership early without much training uh, that doesn't go bad, right? Where it just doesn't go wrong. I've seen it again and again. Um, and I've seen it in our own network in Acts 29. Yeah. I've seen it in the Southern Baptist Convention when good men, uh, good people wanting to do good work, put go move too fast, put somebody in that position yep. of leadership, yep. and they wind up in real trouble. Yeah, I mean, hurting is, themselves, the ministry, or their marriage. And, and, yeah, things fall apart or they got to get pulled. First Timothy 3.6 says that an elder must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. This is a really important thing. And, you know, Josh was, you know, useful uh, to the Lord, uh, mm-hmm. doing things, writing, but Homeboy was put into a position of leadership, it looks, way too early. Too early. And it's not... It's not That's sim- a lot of pressure. It's not simply an age thing. It's a maturity thing. It's a preparation thing. It's, you know, you need, you need to be trained and tested before you are put into that sort of a position. And so, you know, we've, we've seen, we've heard of some of the problems that, that were um, apparently going down in, in the church that Josh was pastoring even before he was a pastor there. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot going on there, but be very careful. Watch, watch your church. If you're a leader, guard yourself. Cause I know you're hungry for more leaders. You've got a lot of work to do. You want to put more people in, in place. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, be be careful that you don't get ahead of the Lord in these things because it frequently results in not just burnout, but sometimes moral failure, sometimes yeah. apostasy. Yeah, and I think along with that then, uh, we should be bearing in mind that this could be any one of us, right? Yeah. Like, it, And I think there's this pride that we see. I mean, it's Twitter. Of course, it's going to be uh, a bunch of pride um, among believers to think that they're better than than Josh or anyone else that that has fallen or struggled or or uh, been honest about what's going on in their lives, and so I think the second thing is we I'd want to say big takeaway is I, I want to humble myself before the Lord, right? We all have I, to. I, I want to just look and say it is only by Your grace, it is only by Your mercy, it's only by Your Your love and Your Spirit that I am with you. That I love you because left on my own, I, I we're, we're enemies. I, I would choose these other things. Like I, I, I desire these lesser, uh, these idols rather than desiring you. I want to lift my soul to these other things rather than lifting my soul to you and my heart to you. And so I, I want to humble myself before the Lord. I, I, I want to do that. I think in a few ways. One, I think we need to be transparent with each other. You know, finding that yeah. those opportunities, finding those people that we love and we care, and we know that love and care for us, that will speak the truth to us in love and share, this is what's going on in my life. We're in such trouble if we, if we don't have others who we invite into our lives to speak into our lives and who have the courage to speak into yeah. our lives. Because you can invite people all day long. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you're selective about who you're inviting, you can you can selectively invite people that you know are never going to challenge you. Yeah, that no matter what you're speaking to my life, and they're never going to do it because either they're yes men or sycophants or they're yep. afraid of you, um, because you ultimately don't want somebody to do that. Yeah. But you gotta you've got to not only ask, but you've got to find the right people who will like hold you accountable. Yeah, absolutely. So there's this you know transparency with others. You know, know to humble yourself before the Lord. I mean, requires that you're not only transparent with others. It, that's not really going to happen unless you are you know, 
seeking to be clearly or, or seeking to be deeply rooted in Jesus Christ and yeah. your identity there. And with that, practicing repentance. That's right. So as you're practicing that repentance and knowing the forgiveness that you have, you have that freedom that you have in Christ because you're rooted as a child of God, your identity in Christ. And from there, you're able to be transparent with others. And so really, you want to be practicing this repentance and and uh, transparency with others daily. And here's the thing. I know that a lot of you, you uh, you're, you're, you're like me. You're like, oh, I'm going to practice repentance privately. I'm, a, I'm just keeping it on down low. I'm yep. practicing my repentance. Nobody needs to know about this. I'm really sorry. Jesus, you know how sorry I am about that thing. Yeah, yeah, I have the forgiveness. I don't have to talk about it with yeah, anybody else. Yeah, like, so you've forgiven me, so that's good. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to I'm gonna not do it again, so I don't need to tell anybody. We're cool? Just keep this between us. Can okay. we just not? Yeah. Can my sins, yeah. let, let my sins not find me out. Okay, Jesus? All right, cool. <laughs> We're cool? All right, break. That, that's how some people approach it. That's how some of us approach it. But this is why you really do need to confess your sins to one another. Because yeah. uh, repentance is greatly aided by the communion of the saints and fellowship with other believers. That's right. When they when they know that you have erred, but that you are pursuing the Lord, it's not just that they will hold you accountable and check in, but they will support you, encourage you, strengthen you, and pray for you. So, and and then it's also good for them because then they they're like, wow. Uh, this person trusts me now. I can trust them. I need yep. to confess my sins. Yep. Humbling yourself before the Lord is absolutely critical. And when Jimmy says, hey, man, this could happen to you. This could happen to me. Some of you are thinking, nah, uh because I'm elect. I'm chosen. Perseverance <laughs> with the saints, bro. Can't happen to me. Like, all right, listen. Yes. You know our doctrine. You know our theology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one who's been justified cannot be unjustified. Can't lose your salvation. Perseverance, blah, blah. Um, when you read the scripture, you do realize, like if you look at Colossians and Hebrews, there's this there's this constant exhortation that uh, that we need to be careful to be sure of our election. Yeah. That uh, that we need to continue in the faith. I mean, just just consider this: Colossians chapter one, verse twenty one. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So, yes, there is this constant exhortation like, oh, yeah, man, you're good. You're, you're, you're secure. You're safe. You're saved mm -hmm. if you continue. Now, your salvation is not dependent upon you continuing, but your continuing – is a revelation of real salvation, right? It is, it is not just a verification, but it is a, a proof, a byproduct. So if you're not continuing in the faith, you can't say like, well, once saved, always saved, I'm good to go. Yeah. I'm okay. I know I'm secure, but even though I've, I'm rejecting this thing, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing the wrong thing right now, I'm still going to be okay. Uh, we, it is possible for us to fall away and for many uh, of us to suffer a shipwreck of faith. Mm. So when we're th when we're thinking about the whole Josh Harris thing, guys, um, we're, we we hurt for him, we hurt for his family, we hurt for his friends, and we want nothing more than for for him to return to the Lord, to be restored. And you know, maybe maybe he needs to do. Uh, we all need to, right? So certainly, Josh needs to repent in certain areas of his life. Maybe even certain things that characterized his ministry, but he shouldn't repent of truth. He shouldn't repent of what the Bible teaches. He shouldn't repent of a Christian ethic. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because oftentimes when people apostatize, oftentimes when people fall away, it is preceded by a, 
a shift in morality or a yeah. shift in in perception of what is good it's oftentimes preceded by feelings and so there's another thing to kind of watch out for and guard for uh, i'm not suggesting that there isn't an intellectual component to josh's uh, shift but that you can sometimes see it coming right you can sometimes see it coming so we just we need to be careful so listen don't get on social media and start blasting josh don't don't use him as a scare tactic to try to manipulate your people. Yeah. We need to warn each other, right? We need to exhort one another. Uh, we need to pay attention to the examples, both good and bad. Yes, mm -hmm. all of that's true. But if you're a pastor in particular, make sure that you're shepherding people and, uh, and, and not just you, you take, taking this as an opportunity to get a bunch of clicks on your, on your Twitter feed, right? Because it feels that way. Hmm. It feels that way. I'm going oh, to say this. Everybody's going to retweet it. I'm going to come out hard. And it's like, it's pretty easy target. He just confessed openly, I'm not a Christian anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty easy target. So now you're going to, you're going to play hard and uh, say something a bit rough and calloused. And you're going to get, you know, 50 extra uh, hates and 50 extra likes because of it. And God is not honored. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store at JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. Fresh product every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.